Trust fall? Let's do a trust fall. Mm. Yeah, turn around. Do you trust me? No. You should trust me. We're I, married. I mean, I do, but I'm not going to fall. Here we go. Ready? Go. <laughs> I know. This, this is. It's okay, it's comma. It's okay, comma. Okay, try again, again, but this. No, no, you got to gotta be a little farther back. Trust fall. Trust fall. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever do trust falls growing up? I feel like yeah, at some camp or something. Did it go as well as that just did? I feel like better. I, th I think there were some directions that oh. actually. Oh, yeah. Directions are always good when you kind of know. Yeah, just do. How? Yeah. How to? How to. How to trust fall. Mm -hmm. Linked below in the description. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try this at How to not trust fall. <laughs> that too. See Kale Salad on Instagram. Do Fail Salad. Do not do. Okay. So welcome to Together for Salem. This is Aaron. Howdy. I'm Monica. This is put out by Cross Creek Community Church. Mm -hmm. We put out episodes every week called Together for Salem, and we have been for 60-something weeks. And every week, it feels a little different. It may mm -hmm. look a little bit similar, but the content's different. And this week's content is part three of Rethink with John. He's gonna talk to us in a little bit. But first, we want to introduce ourselves, say hello. Check. This, check. This is a place for questions. Mm -hmm. If you have questions, we would love to have a conversation with you. We're not going to pretend we have all the answers. No. Um, I mean, but, right. Yeah. yeah. But we are good conversationalists, mm -hmm. and we would love to do that. So the welcome form is one way to do that. You can also request a Bible, ask questions, ask for prayer. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you have other needs. Maybe you want to find a small group community. We have those for you. Mm -hmm. Or just like a one-on-one -on -one study, discover, explore kind of thing. We call them alliances. Do you want to? And you start them by asking the question. Yeah. Do you want to form an alliance with me? Absolutely, I do. Good. Good. Excellent. Can't resist. So uh, that's the welcome form. We encourage you to check it out. We're going to pass it over to John. And then on the other side, we have a few announcements. Yes. Announcements. Mm -hmm. So thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Thank you, podcast listeners. I was going to say, sup, podcasters. Oh, yeah. Every time, Aaron has to greet the podcasters. Yeah. So hopefully they listen to this part and don't fast forward through it. But they might, because that's what you do. Sup. People Again, are just, just in case you missed the They're just one. watching us on like two times speed waiting for John to start. So we won't delay it any longer. Here he comes, and right. we'll come back on the other side. See you in a minute. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? We all have our own ideas of what that phrase following Jesus means. Like, does it mean, as we've talked about in episode one of this series, knowing a lot about Jesus? Like we, we study the Bible and we, we know a lot about God. But see, what we found was following Jesus starts with knowing and being known by Jesus. So does following Jesus mean we have to give up the life we want for <laughs> religious boredom? As we talked about in the last episode, we discovered that following Jesus is a full life to enjoy, not a pious lifestyle to endure. And so when we ask what does it mean to follow Jesus, another thought that often comes up is that following Jesus is about having enough faith. Well, what does that actually mean? Like, does it mean being spiritual 
or following a set of religious beliefs or principles or ideas or stories or traditions? Is, is faith this mystical force that gets us through each week, or is it wishful, positive thinking? Is faith simply believing the Bible is true? Or is it just, you know, trying really hard to believe no matter what others say? And if we're honest, for many Christians, following Jesus, having faith, really boils down to believing enough. Believing enough to make God happy, whatever that means, and or to get believing enough to get what we want. See, faith is often an elusive and inexplicable concept. And then to add to that, we hear things like, well, you just have faith. You just, you just need more faith. Or we need to have faith over fear. And don't, do not get me started on faith healers who blame sick people for not being able to be healed because they don't have enough faith. And then you put all these random ideas that come at us and we kind of piecemeal our own idea of faith together. And what do we get? Just a jumbled mess. So what does it mean to have faith? What does it look like to have faith in the 21st century? And so if we strip off all the baggage and the, and the barnacles of this idea, I think we'll find that having faith means the same thing it meant in the first century. And that maybe we need to rethink what faith is actually about. And I think we'll discover that faith isn't found, it's chosen. Now, a guy named Matthew knew a lot about this. In fact, he knew the idea of faith a little bit better than most because Matthew was a tax collector in ancient Israel, and they were hated. He was a Jew who was working for the Romans, so he was hated by his fellow people. So he knew that faith isn't just something that happens to you. You have to choose it because he became a follower of Jesus. And so he wrote his eyewitness account of what it was like to follow Jesus, like to be one of Jesus' closest followers, one of the 12 disciples. He wrote it about 60 AD, in the 60s AD, only 30 years after Jesus' life. So he's writing down what Jesus happened, and he's writing what it means to actually have faith. And so in this account that we're going to look at today, Jesus just got done doing something pretty impossible, feeding 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and fish. And so after that happens, all the people are amazed, like, holy cow, Jesus is like the dude. He can feed all of us. We don't even, we, we need to follow this Messiah. And so Jesus makes his disciples get in a boat and sail to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And as they're sailing, Jesus, or rowing, whatever it was, Jesus goes off on his own to pray. And they're like, well, Jesus, we're getting in this boat. Ah, don't worry. I'll meet you on the other side. And then stuff happens. So middle of the night. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. Don't you love how they put that? The disciples were in trouble. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. What? If you don't believe that happened, like this is a real story, do not worry. You are in great company, because the people who were watching this happen, seeing Jesus walk on the water at 3 a.m., didn't believe it either. See, don't forget, the person writing this story 
was actually in the boat. They didn't believe it either. When the disciples, including Matthew, the author, saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. What would you think? Like you, you're, it's three o'clock in the morning. There's this wind and the waves going on. And you're rowing this boat in the sea and, and this big old lake. And you see this figure walking on the water in the middle of the night. What would you think? It's a ghost, right? But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. That's, thanks, Jesus. That's helpful. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Don't be afraid, he says. Take courage. Why? Why do they not need to be afraid? Why do they take courage? Because they needed to toughen up and trust their abilities because they're good sailors. Or, you know, you just need to believe things will be okay. Have a positive attitude. Don't be afraid. Just start thinking positive thoughts. Or, don't be afraid. Believe in God harder. Or, you know, look, guys, <laughs> you, you don't know. This, this storm isn't as bad as you think. Or he, maybe he's saying, you don't need to feel that way. Like, stop feeling that way. Little side note, Jesus never tells us to simply stop feeling away. That doesn't do any good for anyone. He always gives us, when he says stop doing this, he always gives us a reason why we can stop feeling that way or thinking that way. So why did he say, don't be afraid, take courage? What does he say? He says, I am here. And the way he says that, the way he says, I am, I am here, it really seems to go back to what God says to Moses. And I know we're kind of getting in, in the deep stuff here, but it really, the way he says it in the translations is, he's really going back to what God said to Moses. When Moses said, uh, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And there's like a huge idea in Jewish scripture and Christian scripture. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. The I am is like, I am the God, the uncaused first cause. And Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Meaning I am the all-sufficient one. I am all-powerful. I am everything you need. I am the reason you never have to fear. And look, guys, if I wasn't here, you definitely would need to be afraid because this is a dangerous situation you're in. But you don't have to be afraid anymore because I am here. See, he said you don't have to be afraid because he, because he was there. He based it all on himself. See, Jesus makes himself the object of faith. And so they see Jesus walking on the water. Jesus is like, hey, don't fear. I am here. And so my thought would be, maybe your thought would be, if you're in that boat, be like, okay, cool. You can walk on water. We don't need to be afraid that because you're here, obviously there's something special about you because you can walk on water. You just fed 5,000 people. So could you please get us back to shore safely? That'd be a common thought. Peter, one of Jesus' closest followers, not a common guy. Peter had a different thought. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, 
Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. <laughs> Peter, for some reason, wants to try it out too. <laughs> He's like, hey, that looks cool. I want to try. And Jesus says, all right, dude, come on, try it. And so Peter actually steps out of the boat, which if you think about it, that took some great faith or trust. He actually trusted Jesus that he truly believed that Jesus could make him walk on the water, right? He steps out of the boat onto water. How much trust would that take for you to step out of a boat onto water thinking, hey, now I'm going to walk on this water. So a lot of faith to step out on the water, but then, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. See, the wind got too strong. The wind got too loud in his ears. The waves got too big for him, and Peter doubted. What a sinner, right? To have doubts? See, doubt can either deepen our fear or deepen our faith. It can deepen our fear. We can, we can what if ourselves to death. What if, what if this bad thing happens? Well, what if this doesn't work out? What if they don't show up? What if they don't listen to me? We can what if ourselves to death. We can allow doubts to overwhelm us and even, even distort our reality. Things seem bigger than they actually are. Or we, we feel like we can't do the right thing even though you know the, the reality is not that way. Or we could say, oh, I have a doubt. Guess I don't really have faith. I'm a bad Christian. Or, oh, I have a doubt. Well, then, I guess none of this Jesus stuff is real. Or we could ignore these doubts and never really go anywhere with them. Like, oh, I have this doubt. I'm not going to explore that. That's, that's dangerous thinking there. And then we have no substance to our faith. And then our faith crumbles at the first real difficulty we ever face in life. So those are some options where faith, our doubts can cause our faith to weaken, but we can also use doubts to strengthen our faith, to go deeper. See, we can dig deeper and actually ask questions when we have our doubts. Follow those doubts through. Asking like, from what I know about who Jesus really is, is this too big for him? Is, is the logical answer to this doubt that there is no God, or is there actually an, an answer to this? Like, why would this happen? And what have others who have gone through this the same thing discovered about Jesus by going through this. In fact, for me personally, my greatest steps in trusting Jesus have come out of some of my biggest times of doubt. I remember asking like, God, is this really real? Jesus, are you, like, what is all this about? I think I was maybe uh, 18 asking, Jesus, are you real? God, what is going on? And it caused me to have to dig and research and discover the truth for myself that yes, there is actual evidence and, and proof that Jesus was real and rose from the dead. And then I remember this time where just the overwhelming guilt of, of things I'd done in my past and asking, God, do you really care about me? Do you really forgive me? Like you, like you say, like me, the things I've done, do you really forgive me? And I remember just having pop in my head the the verse from Acts of believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's not about what you do. It's about who your faith is in. We'll talk about that in a second. And even in the last year, I the, the questions of God, what the heck are you doing with the church and all of that during COVID? 
All of those have caused me personally to have to dig deeper into who Jesus really is and have and been able to come out of it knowing him even deeper and trusting him even more. See, it's what you choose to do with doubt that really makes the difference. And so Peter looked around him and, and saw the waves and, and hurt and felt and the wind and the spray. And instead of looking at Jesus, he looked at all of that. And then Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. And I think maybe with a little smile on his face, he said, you have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? Now, let's look at that a little bit closer. Jesus is not saying it was bad to doubt. He didn't mean, why did you doubt? Or why did you stop believing in yourself? Or why did you let those negative thoughts sneak in and, and, and ruin your, your mood? But more to the point, he asked, why did you doubt me? See, Jesus is saying, from everything you know about me, from what you just saw me do by feeding 5,000 people, by actually seeing me walk on the water, by you as yourself experiencing walking on the water, why did you choose to stop trusting me? Why did you choose to start to focus on the wind and the waves? See, negative circumstances, dangerous situations will always seem bigger to us. Doubts will always seem insurmountable if we put our focus on those instead of Jesus. If we focus on the negative and how big the problem is and how we can never do anything and go down that spiral, they'll always seem insurmountable if we focus on them instead of Jesus. Because Jesus can handle any doubt. We just have to be willing to look to him. And Peter had faith like we said, right? He got out of the boat, but then he shifted his focus from Jesus onto the waves and the wind and started focusing on his actual doubt. See, the issue was not the amount of Peter's faith. The issue was he stopped focusing on the object of his faith. Jesus is saying, you chose to stop trusting me. You chose to stop looking at me. Why did you doubt me? See, Jesus defines faith as the choice to trust him. And so Peter very quickly, almost instinctually, yells, Lord, save me! He remembers who he's with. And Jesus, at that moment, does what he loves to do best. He swoops in and saves him in the nick of time. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, which that would blow your mind. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. They worshipped him. And check this out. Jesus isn't like, whoa, guys, I'm just a man. You shouldn't worship me. No, he let them worship him. He accepted that worship. Think about it. Who would actually allow people to worship them, especially in this very strict monotheistic Jewish culture? Jesus is allowing people to worship him. He's accepting it. Be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. So either he's a liar and wanting to trick people and loving the, the glory and the praise, or he's crazy and actually thinks he's God even though he's nothing, which he just walked on water, so maybe that's not the case. Or he actually is God and deserves to be worshipped. Interesting question. 
Now with this story, Jesus walking on water, Peter walking on water, sinking, Jesus pulling him out, wind stopping, all of that. We have three choices with this story, right? Either it's completely made up or Jesus is a master illusionist and figured how to trick these 12 guys into all this, or he really is the son of God. And like I said, this is an eyewitness account. Matthew was in that boat and it was written only 30 years after the event happened. It's written while the others, most of the others, are still alive to say, yeah, no, we were just rowing to the shore and Jesus met us on the other side. So what you're writing, Matthew, is crazy. And Peter is still alive saying, hey, no, I didn't, I didn't doubt. Why would you make me look that way? Peter's still alive to confirm or deny this story and he never denied it. And so to me, logically, even though it sounds crazy, just like it did seem crazy to the men who actually experienced it, to me, this is a true story when you look at the logic of it. And maybe you're not there yet with this story. That's totally okay. Walking on water is an incredible thing to accept. I totally get that. I just want you to know that from my experience, Jesus can be trusted because of who he has proven he is. And what we're getting at in this episode is that the quality of our faith isn't about amount. It's about who the faith is is in. We all face times of fear and doubt. Shoot, I, I'm in a time of a little bit of fear and doubt just with this new direction we've taken Cross Creek. Is this going to work? Jesus, are you, are you really like, come on, is this really where you want us to go? And we feel like it is, but there's still that fear there, right? See, at times we all face fear and doubt, but it's in those times we can deepen our fear or we can deepen our faith. We can say, oh my gosh, this is so huge, I'm going to drown. Or we can say, Lord, save me, which is really a good short prayer to remember, right? See, following Jesus isn't about how much we try to believe. It's about the person we choose to trust. And faith really is like a muscle. Think about it, like muscles as a kid, they start small and that's okay. That's normal for muscles and faith to start small. But then the more we use them, the more we practice them, the more they grow. And that's why Jesus could say, when, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say from this mountain, move from here to there. Because it's not about the amount, it's about who the faith is in. That's why Paul and Silas could say to, to the Roman jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Because you just need a little bit of faith in a huge God. You just need a little bit of faith in a humongous Savior. Because it's not about how much faith we try to muster up. It's about who our little bit of faith is in. It's about trusting that Jesus is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. And then forming our lives on that foundation. And it's like a cycle. If you remember, in our first episode in this series, we said, the more you choose to trust Jesus, the more you will come to know Jesus. But it's a cycle because the more you come to know Jesus, the more natural it becomes to choose to trust Jesus as you exercise those faith muscles. And so who is he? How do we know we can trust him? How do we know who he is and that, that he is somebody that we can trust? Maybe two steps for you here. Not too hard. First, I invite you to pray. Not a huge, long prayer, but kind of like Peter's prayer, Lord, save me. Short, Jesus, show me 
I can trust you. Whatever that looks like for you, how you want to get through to me, show me I can trust you. And then as you ask that, read either Jesus' interactions with people, maybe as you're reading through the Gospels like we we challenged you to do in, in a few episodes ago. So watch Jesus' interactions with people. Be like, how does he actually love people? How does he take care of people? Or maybe a more guided reading might be easier. Read Romans 8, 35 through 39 while asking, Jesus, show me I can trust you. See, we need to rethink what it means to have faith in the 21st century. It's not something we try to muster up. It's not a spiritual high we try to chase. It's not dependent on our, on our situation, on our circumstances, on our, on our church attendance, even on our culture. And in faith, definitely isn't just a feeling or an experience or, or something we find. See, faith is choosing to trust Jesus, that he is who he says he is, that he will do what he says he will do. Because he died, he rose again, and he is alive today. See, people often say, I just, I just, can't, I just can't have that much faith. I just can't have faith. But if you think about it, we exercise faith every day, don't we? You're probably sitting down right now in a chair. If you're on the podcast, maybe you're, you're driving somewhere. You're trusting that chair. You're trusting that car to hold you up. When we get on an airplane or, or drive down the road with oncoming Oregon drivers, we use faith every day to just get through life. We trust that this thing's going to work. See, faith in Jesus is a choice. Just like choosing to trust a pilot we've maybe never met and, and may never see. The difference is that we have all this historical evidence. We have personal evidence that Jesus actually is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. And when we make that choice to trust, then we feel and experience peace and comfort and joy. And then we find purpose and meaning and full life. True faith is the simple choice to trust Jesus in a complicated world every day. Maybe it's time to rethink faith in the 21st century. You're making me worried. Um, do you need to take a break? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> just trying really hard to believe. Oh, okay. That's what I used to think faith was. Just trying really hard. Trying hard. How'd that go for you? Uh, not very well. Just like about how it just did. Yeah. I feel a little lightheaded. Oh gosh, you drink your coffee. <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah. Um, so yeah, John, thank you for that. Mm. It's not about the amount of belief or faith. Um, it's the person we're trusting. Mm. And so if you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, John encouraged um, some prayer prompts for you that he said at the end there. I don't know if you call it a prayer prompt, but it's kind of what it is. I like and that. Then, the alliteration is good. Yes. <laughs> and then there's some reading you could do. You could explore how Jesus interacted with other people in the Gospels mm -hmm. um, or read Romans, which could be a cool challenge. Since it's so hot out, mm -hmm. maybe that would be a good 
thing to spend your time doing. One good thing. So hot. We had to cancel our we did. in-person gathering yep. for this weekend. So if you were planning on coming to Sunday's in-person taco, I mean nacho gathering. What do you call the party that we're not having on Sunday? Nacho party. It's going to be postponed. So in July, we'll have two parties. We do, we do gatherings twice a month. And so this month's second gathering, canceled, postponed until July. June, so, you want to wait till July to have the party? June, you will wait till July. Yeah. So July 11th and 25th. And you can find out more about those. We post on social media pretty regularly. So you can um, RSVP to those and find out what you can bring or not bring and just come and hang out. It's just mostly music and hanging out together. Yep. So it should be pretty cool. So that's the in-person opportunity for you coming up in July, but we also have small groups, mm -hmm. which you can join, which we mentioned earlier. Which or are, alliances, which we also mentioned earlier. Which we also mentioned earlier. Alliances are just great ways to discover something together. You don't need any personal training for that. You can just go ahead and ask somebody if they want to read a book with you. We have lists of resources on the website. Mm -hmm. So be sure to check that out. And that's alliances. You can find out more about those or ask for help also using the welcome. That's right. Yeah. So. We have giveaways. Yep. Donatello's. That's that's the giveaway this week. The giveaway this week is Donatello's yep. pizza, which is delicious. Yep. It's great weather to take home a pizza and binge watch some shows. We haven't checked out the chosen yet. Oh, that, that is really good. Big Isn't recommend. We, there's a new episode we haven't seen yet. I know. We yeah. got to catch up. We will. The winner is hmm? Jennifer L. Congratulations. Oh, you we won. Do fireworks because. Oh, because 4th of July, yeah. Wow, congrats, Jennifer L. You got fireworks and you got $25 on those. We are super stoked for you. And... The grand finale. Oh, yeah, the grand finale is always, always amazing. Boom! <laughs> I that feel like I just did 4th of July. Check. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. And it was a lot cooler down here in our basement. Thank you for entering on social media. You can also email to enter to win this week's everyone. The cat yeah, the we'll do the cat. Yeah, the cat gift. Which one? Because there's a lot of them. The, I... kid, the, the cat with just the typing. Okay, the, the cat. You can email us to enter to win any of these giveaways because this week's giveaway on social media and mm -hmm. email is Furbish. Uh -huh. Furbish is in Salem. It's on 12th Street or yep. 13th. Which one? 12th. Okay, 12th. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's got great vintage things, uh, furniture, antique collectibles, plants, and they just opened an outside kind of little market area where they have vendors and they have food trucks. So it's pretty amazing. You should definitely go, even if you don't win this $25. Uh, but Furbish is a great place to go mm -hmm. and check out. And so we'll do that this week on social media and you can email to enter to win. Mm -hmm. And that's it. We have gatherings coming up in July. Yep. We have that. We would love it if you would check out, speaking of the chosen and paying yeah. it forward, you can pay it forward yes. with these as well. Yep. It's really easy to donate to Cross Creek Community Church. We are a nonprofit, 501c3. Your money is what keeps this going. And it's tax deductible too, which is nice. Tax deductible. You can become a monthly recurring giver mm -hmm. and you can set the amount. So it's an awesome. Super easy. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So that's it for us. We have questions coming up. Yeah. Oh, but there won't be an episode next week too. Oh, and there won't be an episode next yeah. week. So this is it for us. Those we'll were you. your fireworks. That was it. Happy 4th of July. We'll see you in two weeks with part four of Rethink. Go and text somebody or call somebody or invite somebody over for a barbecue and find a new way to connect with somebody new. That's, that's your right. challenge for the 4th of July week. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's right. And here are some questions that you can answer with another person.
So what? <laughs> Elizabeth Dane. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, it really hard. Try again. Oh no, you lost her now. Oh, she's gonna go to your throat. Here you go. Okay. Following Jesus about having enough faith? What mean? <laughs> what mean? <laughs> Another thought. Crap, I got myself tickled on how I edited this. <laughs> we just... Some guys are hilarious. I'm just gonna be on Instagram over here. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs>